Hello, and welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. My name is Phil Harvey, and I am an editor here at Light Reading. I'm Kelsey Zeiser, and I'm also an editor at Light Reading. And my name is Rick Turner, and I'm a principal analyst with Omnia, which is uh, uh, an analyst firm, uh, part of the same group, in fact, as Light Reading. So we're all uh, under the same umbrella here. Indeed. Uh, uh, Rick, thanks so much for joining us. Um, yeah, we're all part of the uh, the Informa uh, biosphere. Mm, mm, the empire. <laughs> the uh, empire. Light reading, Ambia, <laughs> a bunch of events. And we need to buy like a coffee company or something because every time I go oh, to the offices, so I, nice. I would like better coffee. But, uh, but ah. all these companies under one umbrella, pretty okay. interesting. Um uh, so we're actually, uh, as opposed to uh, me saying stuff to get us all in trouble, um, one of the other reasons we were gathered today uh, was to talk about something that you've been uh, uh, following uh, of late called cloud permissions management uh, or yep. CPM. Yeah. Um, now, I know that you are very aware that, you know, the world, the the technology world needs more acronyms and we appreciate Oi. you uh, putting putting more of them out there. <laughs> for us absolutely absolutely um but let's talk about what it is uh you know the last time we spoke we we talked about um you know enterprises taking a zero trust approach to security and kind of you know locking down the enterprise um right does this have anything to do with that or is this yeah no i'm sorry i was going to say that you can kind of think of of cpm as applying zero trust to cloud assets so it's kind of a nice segue and it's sort of um, okay. it's the next evolution if you like of, of zero trust um i should uh, out of um, sheer uh, uh honesty uh, begin by saying that um only omnia calls it cpm because okay. as you guys surely know um our our great competitor the 800 pound gorilla uh, uh, of the uh, tech analyst world gartner gets to sort of baptise all of these emergent sectors that are popping up, particularly in the security space, which seems to have a new one every month. And um, they decided in their wisdom that they were going to call this, check this out, Cloud Infrastructure Entitlements Management, C-I-E-M. Now, that really doesn't roll off the tongue, first of all. It's a bit of a mouthful. Theme? yeah, well, that's the other problem, you see, is that if any <laughs> this is a trouble. There's already a thing in security called Security Information and Event Management, uh, which is S-I-E-M. So there's plenty of opportunity for, um, for uh, uh, shall we say, confusion there. And S-I-E-M sure. gets pronounced SIM. Occasionally it gets pronounced SIEM. But, okay. uh, but then how do we – what do we do with – C-I-E-M, and I've heard people calling it Kim, which is a bit silly unless you're Irish. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Because, you know, they've got the hard C before the I and me, but nobody else does. Anyway, never mind. So the I Gaelic think that, version. Sorry? Yeah. Boy, Sounds oh like boy. the Gaelic version of it. Well, exactly. And, you know, it's sort of, I mean, I, I, look, hey, listen, bless them. I think Gartner do a great job of coming up with a new acronym every 15 minutes, but I think they really did. Um, they 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 stepped on. Uh, uh, well, sorry, that was I was going to use a a, a foot a soccer analogy, and so they 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 trod on the ball here. But guys, being Americans, I suppose I should say they dropped the ball. Um, different sport analogies. Same idea, though. Yeah, exactly. I, I started um, watching Ted Lasso, so I'm catching up. 
And there you oh. go. There you go. We're all we're all on the same page, <laughs> even though you'll probably call it soccer rather than football, but that's all right. Anyway, yeah. any road. Uh, so, what is it all about? CPM yeah. effectively, it is a security technology for the cloud, which uh, does the following: it's you start off, it goes in to your cloud estate, all of your cloud uh, infrastructure, all of the all of the workloads, the, the applications, and principally all of the data storage that you have in the cloud, your S3 buckets, your OneDrive, any of these other things that you have out there where you're securing, where you're, you're holding, you're storing uh, data. And it goes around and it, 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 um, it catalogs them all, which itself is actually quite a plus because, as um, as I'm sure you're aware, uh, the, one of the problems with cloud is the sprawl that it's so easy for open another S3 bucket and you do, and the IT department right, yeah. doesn't even necessarily know about it. So the first yeah. thing it does is it, it is it restores the visibility for the IT department of all of the different cloud assets that the company actually has. Um, the famous shadow IT capability that is the, has been a problem for years. That's the first thing. Then it's then it does. The next thing is it, it draws up, if you like, it draws up a list of all of the permissions that are available um, to those different assets, which, okay. of course, that might be humans in the first instance. Yeah. And, of course, that's developers, sysadmins, even C-level execs. Uh, and so forth, and it, and it gives a f- complete list of those. But then, critically, it also draws up the non-human access rights because increasingly okay. in the cloud, as things get more and more complicated, so bits of code are talking to bits of code through APIs, and um, we don't even know about it. They're just talking amongst themselves. And so that non-human communication, M2M, as they used to call it, machine to machine or system yeah. to system, all that malarkey, but all those things called um, service accounts where they can talk to each right. other without even a, a human in, involvement, um, all of those are also drawn up. And right. it then says, okay, how many of these are actually needed? And you would be astonished. I was when I started looking at it that like 90 to 95% of the permissions that are extant within the organization are usually never used. In other words, Hmm. they just get kind of created because, oh, well, Fred's a member of that group and Jenny joined that group, so she automatically gets access to a whole bunch of assets, even though she only works on three assets, but she's got 50 more that she never gets to. That's great for attackers because they can then find all of those unused uh, permissions and go, well, we'll just ride in there quietly. We might even steal her credentials and uh, escalate her privileges still further so that she gets permission to even more things that she never really needs to access. So it hmm. is and it, it, the, what, what CPM tries to do, therefore, is to impose a, a strategy or, if you will, a stance of hmm. least privilege. In other words, only give okay. people what they really need to access to do their job, no more, and then and then furthermore, limit it to, for instance, if I log on to do a big change on a particular database, okay, I get that access, but only for a certain limited amount of time. I don't get it for tomorrow. I'll have to reapply tomorrow. And beyond that, it will also 
um, uh, theoretically, I should be able then also to actually track what I'm accessing and, and, mm-hmm. and monitor that access to make sure that I'm not doing something I shouldn't be doing on it. So it's a zero trust approach to asset uh, access in the cloud. That's long and the short of CPM. Okay. Um, so you, you mentioned a little bit about permission sprawl, which you also talked about in your report on this. Um, another uh, phrase that stood out to me was orphan accounts. Can you explain what orphan accounts are and uh, yes. why they might be problematic? <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, in the kind of DevOps world that uh, seems to be taking over in enterprise now, mm-hmm. uh, it's very common for developers to have access to all kinds of assets um, while they're working on a particular project. Then the developer finishes that, delivers it, it goes into production, he moves on to the next project for the next application that he's developing, the new bit of code. But that access is retained. In other words, he can still access that that code, that application, and all the other things that are dependent upon it even though he doesn't use them anymore. Um, Another example is maybe he leaves the company, but they forget to kill his access rights to all the things that he could have. So these kind of orphan accounts are laying around and uh, not being used often by anybody at all. Bless you. And they are perfect examples of things that uh, an attacker, when they can get their hands on them, Fabulous. Let's use those because no one's going to really notice because it's a genuine, a legit um, account. The fact that no one's using it, well, now someone started using it again and it won't, it will pass under the radar, as it were. That's an orphan account, which needs to be, again, curtailed. Right. And so in the, in the zero trust sort of uh, model inside of an enterprise, if we were talking about a server instead of the cloud, um, the same kind of problems would exist where it was like somebody, you know, new people would start, they would be given access to the server, even though their job didn't really require it. And then developers would be given access to it uh, to fix a certain thing or to repair something. And then it would just stay with them, even though they probably haven't gone back to it in, you know, months or years or something like that. So this is the same idea, but just applied to the cloud. And I would say probably infinitely more complex, I guess, in the cloud because you um, you just have more of everything. I don't know instances of stuff. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. It's... I mean, basically, it is it is the problem that you described for, in the on premises world, but on steroids. Yeah. Yeah. Now in the in in the cloud um, sort of pro- process of this. So so where does um, CPM take place now is that does that take place within the enterprise or what technologies sort of have to come together to make this happen it tends to be uh delivered as a service Mm -hmm. on your cloud infrastructure so if you've got if you've got your you're an aws customer you give the the cpm provider read only access uh, to that, uh, to, to your instances or to all of the, the, the cloud infrastructure that you have running. Maybe you're using S3 buckets, a bit of uh, EC2 and a bunch of other stuff out there uh, mm-hmm. that you're using. Whatever you're using effectively in that cloud service provider. Um, and of course, if you're using more than one, you're already maybe a little bit on a, on Azure as well and Google, whatever. Um, 
you'll have to uh, deliver the same kind of read-only access to all of those uh, environments so that it can go in and do its job of reading, drawing up those catalogues, and then getting back to you with the recommendations of how those uh, permissions can be reined in effectively. And in some sense, in some cases, uh, some of the more advanced CPM vendors are already starting to recommend that not only that, that that permission be curtailed, but also giving you the kind of what, what pieces of code, what JSON code or whatever that you need to be able to go in and actually perform that curtailment. And there is no logical reason, let's put it that way, why you could not then escalate what what, what the what the CPM platform can do so that it could actually go in and do the remediation in an automated fashion. But, of course, that depends upon, number one, you'd, it would stop being read-only. You'd actually give it the right to act upon those assets. And number two, you'd have to build up your confidence that it's not going to immediately shut down things that you don't want shut down that, or that really do right. to continue to exist. Okay. Um, I, I did find another fun acronym in your report, which I wanted to ask you about, called um, Cloud Security Posture Management. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. CSPM. Yeah, so what's that, and, and how does that relate to Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. CSPM is a longer-standing one. It is a Gartnerism. You will mm -hmm. find in the cloud security world um, that uh, Gartner has come up with Cloud Security Posture Management, CSPM, and the first two it came up with was that one and CWPP, Cloud Workload Protection Platforms. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Great name, isn't it? Really, I mean, really, really catchy. Anyway, yeah. CSPM, the, the fundamental difference between them is CSPM says, okay, we recognize that the configuration the way you configure something when you put it into production may change over time because new things needed to be added, more people needed to get to it, it needed to talk to new bits of code, uh, whatever, it needed to perform new functions. So the config will inevitably undergo a degree of sprawl. That config, or they call it config drift, in fact, because it drifts away from the original configuration of what you meant that code to do when it was created and deployed. So config drift is a problem because as, as it drifts away, it may also fall out of compliance. In other words, it was great when we set it up and put it in right. there in, in production, but suddenly it's doing half a dozen things over here, which means that it's no longer, say, PCI DSS compliant, for instance, or any of the myriad of GDPR or any of the myriad other um, compliance requirements that are out there. So CSPM goes in and does a similar kind of job, but it checks for config sprawl leading to vulnerabilities and compliance uh, drift, which in turn mean uh, uh, will lead you to be falling out of compliance and facing some kind of a nasty legal situation with the regulators or with a lawsuit or whatever six months a year down the road. And it th and it similarly addresses those those non-compliant or non you know, yeah non-compliant situations by making suggestions of how you should pull it back to become compliant and once again go back to factory settings if you like okay 
Um, as we're uh, looking at all this stuff, you know, obviously a, a bunch of different um, types of companies because it could be delivered as like, um, you know, software, like you said, it delivered uh, CPM could be delivered as a service yeah. um, that suggests that everybody from security companies to network operators could potentially have a stake in yeah. uh, delivering this. Is, is there any um, business opportunity for your traditional telcos in this space, or is this something that's really going to be the, the point of view of the, uh, uh, you know, the Z scalers and those kind of companies? Well, it is certainly the case that um, the first generation, if you call it that, for yeah, I mean, basically a lot of these companies, the CPM vendors start popping up uh, circa 2015, roughly. Mm. So they've been around that long. And, um, yeah, middle of last decade. And they're all startups in, in the first instance. And just over the last year, probably year and a half since uh since basically since the pandemic and uh the cloudification of applic- application infrastructure kind of went into overdrive thanks to digital transformation suddenly needing to be uh, uh, uh turbocharged for obvious reasons um you've had a couple of companies either developing bigger companies, I mean, event tech vendors, either developing it themselves or going out and acquiring one of the startups. The, the three examples I can think of of tech vendors who've developed it themselves are CyberArk, who are a uh, who are the leader in privileged access management. You can see why there's a certain kind of analogy between what you're doing in privileged access management and CPM. So they have, have developed their own capability. Salesforce, who do it only for the Salesforce platform. I mean, they're not trying to offer it as a heterogeneous capability that you can use on AWS or Azure. But at least in all of your Salesforce instances, you can use their uh, entitlements management or whatever they call it, capability. And SailPoint, who are a big player in the uh, identity governance and administration space, IGA, they're also doing it. So they developed it themselves. You got two examples of companies, uh, big boys who, who bought smaller. One was Zscaler, who bought a, a, a little-known Israeli outfit that had been around for less than a year called Trust Dome. But then the real kind of the the moment that 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 the Earth moved in CPM was the middle of this year when Microsoft acquired the very first CPM vendor to out of the gates, which is an outfit called Cloudnox. And when when Microsoft buys a big com- a company, you know things are going to start to change. They will certainly be delivering it on Microsoft Azure. Whether they will also choose to deliver it so that you can use it on AWS and GCP, which clearly is what 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 it was when it was under under Cloudnox, remains to be seen. And I'm about to go and ask them that next week. But that's kind of where it is at the moment. Now, does that? lend itself to a service provider offering. I can see no reason why not, um, particularly some of the smaller companies who are offering CPM who are not major players might well benefit from and appreciate um, one of the big guys, I don't know, a, a Verizon, an AT&T, or a, in Europe, a, an Orange or somebody, uh, yeah. to up with them and saying, listen, we're offering this, 
and let us offer it as a heterogeneous multi-cloud capability across all of these different clouds that uh, and we'll offer it and we'll you know we'll we can even call it powered by and, and then introduce your silly company name uh, 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 of choice there <laughs> um, uh, and uh, you know and we'll we'll bill it uh, bill for it and uh, share the revenue with you and you know sing your praises to the four winds okay so, yeah, so it sounds like it yeah, it could be like a managed service opportunity yeah, for absolutely. service providers. And I do like the name. What was it? Cloud Dome was one of them? Was that uh, right? Trust Dome was the Trust one that Dome, got bought sorry. by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's hard to keep up. But, but and Cloud Knox was the one, <coughs> as, it, as in Fault Knox with a K. Uh, Cloud Knox uh, was the one that got acquired by Microsoft. Um, <sighs> but yeah, no, I think so. Particularly if not only CPM, but they expand it. So, for instance, you could imagine a, 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 a cloud security offering that spanned C, CPM, uh, CSPM, which we were just talking about, CWPP, Cloud Workload Protection Platform. That's actually that's quite different. That's technology that specifically is it's kind of like network security in the old days. It is sitting there to, to detect incoming attacks and block them so it's runtime protection of the clouds uh, security asset or uh, sorry the cloud asset right so it's runtime rather than sort of pulling things back to factory settings or 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 imposing yeah. least privilege on all of your permissions but those kind of things and a couple of more that i won't bore you with but a couple of other capabilities in the secure in the cloud security space if they could all be lumped together as a kind of a we'll do it all for you service yes definitely there is a an opportunity for service providers as a managed service all right that sounds good well hey uh, let's leave it there for now uh rick uh we really appreciate you giving it getting us up to speed on, yes, on uh, cloud permissions management and also uh every other acronym that uh, that, that that we've come across today <laughs> yeah yeah now, feel free to invite me back to discuss discuss even more silly acronyms because right. I can't and wait. As soon as Gartner comes up with a new one, we'll 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 ring you right up for sure. <laughs> we'll we'll start making T-shirts in the meantime too. Absolutely, absolutely right. Yeah, I think we should. <laughs> All right, Rick Turner at Omdia. Uh, thanks for being on the Light Reading Podcast. We will talk to you later. Take care. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Rick. <laughs>